0: Hi, I'm your host, James Barrow, a creative-turned-marketing director with over 20 years' experience in the advertising industry. Join me as I go behind the scenes with a range of innovative thinkers. Hear what inspires them, their processes, and the methods to their madness. Find insights that can help unlock your creative potential and apply them in your life, career, and business. Right here on The B-Side with James Barrow. How can we unlock our creative potential in a COVID-19 world of work-from-home lockdowns? Starting this week on the B-Side with James Barrow podcast, I'll be launching the In The House Sessions, where I speak to guests remotely from their home and discuss all the things I would normally, along with how they're responding to changes brought about by these crazy, unprecedented times. In this episode, I'll be sharing my personal perspective on the recent events and drawing upon information supplied by the UN who've put out a global brief to creatives to develop ideas that promote their public health messages. I'll discuss what we can do to support this effort, and maintain our own health, sanity, and stay creative in isolation, and I'll have a rant about a few things that are grinding my gears as well. It's somewhat of a stream of consciousness, so forgive me for jumping around a bit. Hopefully you'll find it useful in some way. Cheers. So what's the current status? Well, things are changing really quickly. The coronavirus outbreak started in late December in Wuhan, China. The World Health Organization declared it a pandemic on the 11th of March this year. As of the 1st of April, there were 750,000 plus recorded cases. 36,000 confirmed deaths. More than a 100 countries have implemented travel restrictions. There are lockdowns and legally enforced social isolation measures. People are stockpiling food and necessities at a rate we've never seen since war times. The value of gold has jumped. Travel, hospitality and tourism industries have been smashed. Thousands of companies around the world are announcing layoffs. Schools have sent their kids home. Universities have closed their campuses and are moving their courses online. Public hospitals and medical professionals are under stress. They're the frontline warriors in all of this. Private hospitals have opened their doors to the public to free up some spaces for crucial services. These are crazy times. Absolutely unprecedented. A lot of people wouldn't have seen this sort of thing in a lifetime. So how can we creatives help? What can we do to make a difference? For the first time ever, the UN is launching a global call to creatives. An open brief from the United Nations to creatives everywhere to help spread their public health messages in ways that are engaging, accurate and shareable. The brief is to take their six key priority messages and add your own creative twist to them and a level of cultural relevance so they'll get through to the audiences they're not yet reaching. A panel of creative leaders, including myself, will judge the best entries and the UN's media partners will amplify the best and most creative responses across digital, social, um, streaming, broadcast, print and radio globally. The brief identifies six key areas the UN wants us to focus on right now. The idea is to create concepts for each one or one idea that covers all of them. The six key areas are personal hygiene, social distancing, Knowing the symptoms, the kindness contagion, myth-busting, and doing more, or donating. The idea can be an illustration or design, a video between six and three minutes long, audio, so it can be music, a public service announcement, comedy, a mashup or a remix, which I've done myself, that I'll share with you later, embarrassingly, copy, so news, magazine, articles, a long copy, ad, an activity concept, for example, ideas or things you could do at home. You can enter by searching UN Global Call to Creatives. I'll post links on my show notes and my socials. Entries close April 9, so get your ideas in soon, but get involved now if you haven't already. There's still time. I'll speak to each of the six topics of the brief, and if you have any ideas whilst I'm rambling, jot them down and work on them. It could help shape your response. The first is personal hygiene. We need to let people know that we can help prevent the spread of COVID-19 through simple personal hygiene measures. The UN has identified four areas of focus. One, washing your hands. Two, not touching your face. Three, practicing good respiratory hygiene, like not sneezing on anyone or coughing on people and covering your mouth when you do so. And four, staying at home. There's some great stuff already being produced by people, brands, musicians, to help raise awareness of these simple personal hygiene measures. My personal favourite is the Protect Your Neck Against Coronavirus campaign by Wu-Tang Clan, where they've turned the iconic Wu-Tang name into a public health acronym, where Wu-Tang now stands for Wash Your Hands, Use Masks Properly, Touching Nothing, Avoiding Crowds, Never Touch Your Face With Unclean Hands, and G. Go to the hospital if you have severe symptoms. It's brilliant stuff. You've got to check it out. There are also a stack of others like Wash Your Lyrics Meme Generator, where you put the lyrics of your favourite song to illustrated infographic hand washing instructions. There's hashtag Safe Hands Sing Along Hand Wash. There's hashtag No Handshake with alternatives to handshaking like the foot shake, the elbow bump bowing waving to each other and the Indian namaste greeting you know the one where you put your hands together and bow so yeah check it out the second key message is social distancing for the first time in known human history we can save the human race by simply laying in front of the TV eating cheese and doing absolutely nothing but seriously to minimize the spread We've all been advised to stay home and avoid gathering in groups. Companies around the world have established working from home policies, and there's some really cool ways people and organisations are making the most out of the situation too. Like Together at Home. A concert series launched by the World Health Organisation and a group of exceptional musicians. These Together at Home sessions take place every day across multiple hours. Yeah, I thought I'd have a crack at it as well, so here's my audition tape. I'm still waiting on my call however from the World Health Organization so you know you guys can use this if you want it's absolute gold <laughs> It's the COVID 19. In the house sessions, unlock your mind and lock down with the simple life lessons. Finding cures for boredom is our only test. Just keep lounging at home, don't put on your Sunday best. Stop buying toilet rolls with mass anxiety. We gotta go solo just to save humanity. Uh, better cancel your plans. Keep your ass at home, you and don't wash your, your damn hands. Yeah, no thanks. You don't, don't get, get no coronavirus. That includes you, Bondi. Please don't share no coronavirus. Toilet rolls won't save you. We don't want your coronavirus. Stay at home, people. Sorry, I won't do that again. I promise. Onto people who do it a little better than I do, but there's balcony concerts in Spain, virtual watch parties for Beyonce's 2018 Coachella performance, there's hashtag stay home on Instagram. Officers are expanding the use of online tools like Zoom and Skype and establishing clear work-from-home processes, which will make for happier, healthier workplaces in the long run. There's an awesome paper by Macquarie University talking about how you can establish a good work-from-home process. There's also a great piece by Ogilvy Worldwide, which I'll again post links to in my show notes. Brands like Coke, McDonald's and Audi and others are sending out messages encouraging social distancing by changing their logos, separating the golden arches, for example, or the actual letters in their brand mark. Nike says that if you can play at home, you're playing for the world in one of their recent campaigns. I'm in two minds about all this stuff, really. If on one hand its aim is to build public awareness, then that's great. And if it aligns with their values and they're actually doing something to help people, it's amazing. If, however, it's shallow virtue signalling, and they're not backing it up with measures to support efforts broadly then superficial changes to logos aren't going to make any significant improvement to people's lives or help anyone. But it might remind us of how intangible brands themselves are, or what cultural anthropologists and historians assert that brands are just figments of our collective imagination. Yuval Noah Harari speaks to this point extensively in his book, Sapiens. In it, he says, "...ever since the cognitive revolution, sapiens have thus been living in a dual reality." On the one hand, the objective reality of rivers, trees, and lions. On the other hand, the imagined reality of gods, nations, and corporations. As time went by, the imagined reality became even more powerful, so that today the very survival of rivers, trees, and lions depends on the grace of the imagined entities, such as the United States and Google. Sapiens is well worth a read. It's probably one of the most inspiring books I've read in the last five years. I highly recommend it. So maybe now is the time to focus on what really matters. The tangible things that we need right now. And the real ways we can make a difference. The third key message is know the symptoms. In short, don't fuck around. This is no joke. If you have a fever, cough and difficulty breathing, seek medical attention and call in advance. Follow the directions of your local health authorities. This thing is worse than the flu, right? It's no joke. Most people haven't even had the flu. If you've had the flu, it's like being hit by a bus. This is like being hit by a bus and stomped on by an elephant. You know, it is debilitating. So yeah, don't mess about. Know the symptoms. Get medical attention early. The fourth key message is kindness contagion. First, I'm going to have a rant on panic buying and all this other stupid nonsense, and then I'll stop. The way we respond as individuals, as a community, or as a nation in times of crisis, gives an interesting insight into our collective psyche, almost like a snapshot into the current emotional state of the nation. In Australia, our immediate response was to hoard toilet paper. Of all the things one could hoard, you know, not food, not medical supplies, no, no, none of that. No, it was toilet paper. And we couldn't just buy what we needed for the week or the month. Before limits were placed on how many packs we could buy, people were literally fighting each other, stabbing each other, loading their trolleys with what was likely a year's worth. Why people prioritised toilet paper over food, I have no idea. I mean, you've got to eat before you shit, right? For some parts of the United States, the immediate response was to buy guns. Or at least, that was how the media portrayed it. While Aussies were hoarding toilet rolls so we could wipe our asses with three-ply toilet paper in an apocalypse, Americans were stockpiling guns. So if shit got out of control, they could handle their business and shoot people's asses. Both these responses have the same thing in common, though, and it comes down to a need to establish a sense of control in times of high anxiety. And toilet paper or guns are just an indication of how much confidence we have in our government or society to help us through the situation. Researchers at Macquarie University and other universities, mind you, have written some really interesting pieces on this, which I'll post links to. One piece suggests that we have an innate need for control, especially in unpredictable and scary times like these. So stocking up on something relatively inexpensive and that's associated with comfort is something we can do easily to regain that control. Another suggests that the strange behavior we're seeing are likely symptomatic of illness anxiety, the ultimate example of FOMO, and symptomatic of what behavioral psychology calls safety behaviors. I'm going to butcher the research completely, but I see it like a scatterplot, where the y-axis is anxiety. And it ranges from low to high, indicating how worried you are about the current situation. And the x-axis is control. Again, ranging from low to high, representing how much control you need to feel in the situation. And the lengths you feel you need to go to to secure your health and well-being and that of your families. So on the far left of the control axis, and high on the anxiety axis, is toilet paper. This, in my opinion, indicates a high level of anxiety but lower levels of control required due to greater confidence in government, society, and our businesses to help us through this, so that our immediate priority is on securing our personal hygiene and that of our families. To the far right of the control axis, and high on the anxiety axis as well, is GUNS, indicating a high level of anxiety and high levels of control required due to little confidence in government, society, and business. This shows the immediate priority is on securing the lives and safety of ourselves and our families. Anyway, I've probably butchered all that research, but um, I'll post a graph, an image, or a visual of this on my socials. You guys can check that out, and if you have any suggestions on drawing up a better graph, then yeah, let me know. So the fifth key message is Mythbusters. While we're confronted by the realities of the impact COVID-19 is having on the world, we've got to contend with the spread of fear and misinformation from the usual horde of C-grade contrarians, tone-deaf right-wing social commentators who believe that governments should be doing less about this and prioritising profits and the economy over the health of people. These guys really piss me off. Honestly, there was this article in the Sydney Morning Herald by uh, Tom Switzer, from some right wing neoliberal think tank who he. I can't. I, anyway. And you've also got the anti vaxxers and the just plain crackpots, the pseudoscientists that seem to think that simply sharing their divine insights will solve the situation? Or that they've some secret knowledge of it being some kind of reptilian Illuminati controlled plot where we're all too stupid to see? I mean, far out, honestly. See, the problem is, these nutjobs have more power now than ever before to spread their rubbish and create useless fucking noise. Which ranges from offering incorrect advice, nonsensical conspiracy theories, or just outright racist claims against entire groups of people. Shit, there's so much fake information out there, but, but we've got to stick to the facts. So the World Health Organization has given us a whole list of Mythbusters that you can use in your ideas. I'll take you through some of them. Sorry, but to the numpties that thought going to the beach in a pandemic was a good idea, it's not. Exposing yourself to the sun, higher temperatures or salt water does not prevent coronavirus. On the flip side, you could freeze to death before ridding yourself of coronavirus. Cold weather and snow cannot kill the new coronavirus. Also, bad news for those who think getting pissed is a good idea. Naughty, naughty day drinkers. Frequent or excessive alcohol consumption can actually increase your risk of acquiring this wonderful virus. So think before you drink, in all honesty. Are hand dryers effective in killing the coronavirus? No. Can ultraviolet disinfection lamps kill the coronavirus? Nope. How effective are thermal scanners in detecting people infected with coronavirus? Very good question. As we know from the Predator series, thermal scanners are effective in detecting people's body temperatures, specifically those with a fever and higher than normal body temperature. It can't detect people who aren't showing symptoms because it takes between two and ten days before people who are sick develop a fever. Or... They might be covered in mud like Arnold Schwarzenegger in Predator and the alien couldn't see him with his thermal scanner and that would explain everything. Can regular rinsing your nose with saline or putting other things up your nose help prevent infection? Unfortunately, no. Put down the saline and as much as it pains many of my colleagues in the creative industry, don't put anything else up your nose for that matter either. Does the coronavirus only affect older people or people living in poorer areas? (laughs) And I say that because when quizzed on their actions, many of the pretty young things sunbathing on Bondo Beach during the height of the pandemic said they weren't worried about it because it was something that only affected poorer parts of Sydney and old people, as if their eastern suburbs upbringing, designer sunburn and private schooling gave them some special immunity to coronavirus. Fucking idiots, honestly. The fact is that people of all ages and backgrounds can be infected with the coronavirus. Older people and people with pre-existing medical conditions, such as asthma, diabetes, heart disease, do appear to be more vulnerable to becoming severely ill with the virus. So the last key message is do more, donate. Just taking part in this global creative brief, giving your time and creativity in sharing these messages is amazing. If you'd like to do more, the UN has set up the COVID-19 Solidarity Response Fund, which has been launched in partnership with the UN Foundation and the Swiss Philanthropy Foundation. This fund allows you to donate to the World Health Organization's COVID-19 efforts to track and understand the spread of the virus, ensure patients get the care they need, equip frontline workers with essential suppliers and information. And accelerate efforts to develop vaccines, tests and treatments. There's hashtag stop the spread, hashtag alone together. And there's a whole heap of other initiatives that can be found by visiting covid 19 responsefundorg I hope we look back at the pre-COVID era as a reminder of the way things used to be, where our global economic, cultural and societal operating systems were riddled with bugs and glitches. And COVID-19 was the major virus that caused a total and complete shutdown, which required a major update and redesign of our entire system. COVID-19 could be the fork in the road or a watershed moment for the next phase of human evolution and development, where we live and work smarter with purpose and responsibility, efficiency and empathy. Okay, that's all pretty deep. Anyway, I'll wrap up. They're the key six messages. The UN needs your help getting them out there. Make sure you get your entries in soon, because entries close April 9. Thank you so much for listening. I hope I've inspired you somehow. It was a bit of a long rant. Sorry for rambling. Sorry for going a little off topic at times, but um, this is important stuff. Do what you can to help the UN. Let's get the good messages out there. Thank you. Peace. If you'd like to find out more about me or the B-Side podcast, please visit jamesbside.com. That's one word, jamesbside.com. And you can follow me on Instagram at B-Side podcast. If you have any suggestions or feedback on the show, please email me at hello at jamesbside.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. The B-Side with James Barrow is produced by me, and I really hope it's helped unlock your creative potential. Thanks for listening, and until next episode, cheers.